What's up, creepy cats? Welcome back to a new episode of Ew, That's Creepy. Today, Melissa will be telling Jackie her tale about someone who forgot their own identity. This crazy case is about Jody Roberts, a Tacoma reporter who never made it to work. Buckle up, because this episode has amnesia, truth serum, police drug scandals, and even more. Ew. Welcome back, spooky cats. It's October. We're thriving. We hope you guys are too. And today, Melissa is telling me about another amnesia story. I hope you guys are recovering from the Hannah Up story. (laughs) Yeah, we're not. Thanks, Jackie. We're still not okay from it. Sorry. Mm, No. But today, I'm going to talk about another one that is pretty famous, and it is the story of Jody Roberts. So this one is from, it started in 1985, and like I said, this one was pretty popular because this one was at a time when people really thought that amnesia was like something that does just happen in on television, and it wasn't even possible, basically. So I've never heard this one, that's for sure. Yay. Okay. So Jody Roberts, um, she was a 27-year-old woman who was working as a reporter at the Tacoma News Tribune. So Jody joined the Tribune at age 22, and she quickly made a name for herself by um, she asked tough questions and didn't really back down. And that was a pretty young age for someone to join the Tribune at 22. So good for her. Yeah, she kind of made a name for herself. She was nice, intelligent. She was friends with her co-workers. Um, so things were going great for her. But it seemed like by the age of 27, things had changed from when she was in her early 20s and first started working at the Tribune. The once happy and friendly woman was now reported to be kind of irritable and snappy. Friends even said that Jody had started to neglect her hygiene and she, um, it kind of got so bad with her depression that she started to go to counseling. So that was good that she started to go to counseling and everything. But what friends didn't know is that Jody was actually struggling to make payments on the small home that she owned. So she kind of was like dealing with depression and at the same time not making payments as sad as it was kind of spiraling into that not yeah. the best time. In weeks leading up to her disappearance, Jody had also disconnected her phone, which in 1985, that's like your only way to talking to people in from the outside world. So yeah. disconnecting her phone was kind of suspect people. Concerning. Yeah. So on May 20th, 1985, Jody was supposed to appear for an assignment, but she never showed up. The photographer actually was left there waiting, um, so she didn't even call or say that she wasn't showing up or anything. So she didn't show up, and police and family were pretty shocked because, you know, like, she was depressed, but she had never just disappeared, and especially had never just not shown up for work with a photographer there, like, at the Tribune. So that was not good. Yeah, that doesn't sound good at all. 
So she was reported missing by her coworkers and her family. Police were able to find Jody's car parked in a garage close to her. Um, it, or it was close to the Tacoma News Office. But there were no signs of Jody near the car. There were no signs of distress by the car or as if she had been attacked or kidnapped or anything like that. Police went to Joni's home and they thought it was messy, but they didn't see any signs of an attack or blood or anything like that. There was cat feces on the floor and Jody's cat was meowing loudly outside. When police told Jody's mother that, she was like, oh, hell no. Jody loves animals and she doesn't let her cat just stay outside. Like, that would, would not honest. happen. Exactly. They'd be like, yeah, no, something is not right. Exactly. Police also went to Jody's bank and were told that she had emptied out her bank account the days prior. Oh, God. Which did make it seem like, okay, maybe she ran away. But that would have been strange because she was supposed to get uh, pick up a paycheck from work. That's like, so concerning, even if she did just run away. Yeah, and if she was going to run away, why would you not just wait like three days and get your check from work when you get paid? Yeah. So that was kind of weird, too. So it, it obviously, Jody is missing, and rumors started to swirl because she was a reporter and... Some people were kind of wondering, you know, she had covered some cu- some tough cases in the last couple of years. She covered the Green River serial killer. She talked about possible government corruption cases. Oh, girl. So people were like, was someone angry at her for covering a case and wanted revenge? Maybe there was just some random criminal who she, who she talked about who got out of jail and wanted revenge. Um, I wondered to myself, maybe someone was, like, obsessed with her, watching her on TV or something, and True. weird. True. Or just a hater. Mm-hmm. And there were also rumors that she had been planning on doing a story regarding police officers' potential drug use. Oh, God. And I believe saying that one officer was apparently doing cocaine, um, while at work. They're not gonna like that. And apparently he had threatened her regarding doing that story. He clearly did not want her to do it. But these were obviously all just rumors. Like, they couldn't find any concrete evidence on any of these things happening. Or, you know, like I said, there wasn't any signs of kidnapping by her car or in her home. So all of these things were just really strange. Like, they didn't think that it added up. But at the same time, she was depressed and emptied out her bank account. So it was kind of just like police really didn't know what to do at that point. Yeah. So five days after Jody's disappearance in Tacoma, there was an ongoing search and everything like that. But five days later, a young woman was found walking through a mall parking lot near Denver, Colorado. What? Yep. The Seattle Times was able to find an officer and read their report about this young woman found in the mall parking lot. Um, So I got a lot of good stuff from the Seattle Times and from an article from the Olympian. So if you guys want to have like a lot more detail on this, I would say read one of those. But I'll just summarize a few different things from what the police reported in 1985. So... On May 25th, at around 6.15, mall security had called in saying that there was a potentially 
a mentally ill patient who was wandering through the parking lot at the Aurora Mall. When police arrived, they found a younger woman who claimed that she had no idea who or where she was. Um, when searching her at the scene, the woman had... I don't know if she had a purse or if she had all of this in her pockets, but she had cigarettes, a lighter, pens, a notepad, I believe a book, and a car key for a Toyota vehicle. So the officers took the woman to the parking lot. They thought, you know, maybe she fell down and is confused or something and just needs, like, help getting home. Yeah, maybe she's just, like, not sure of things. Yeah. (laughs) Concussed. But they put her key into all of the Toyota vehicles in the lot, and her key did not fit into any of them. Hmm. So police were very confused, and they began to realize that this woman really didn't know who she was. She wasn't just confused, and I don't know what day it is. She had no idea who she was and couldn't say anything about her life. Officers decided to take her to a local hospital in Denver to get evaluated, Um, and at the hospital, the doctors and nurses ran some general tests and were able to determine that she was fine. She didn't have any injury. She was of clear mind and articulate. She was not under the influence or anything like that. Her brain was still functioning normally. She just could not provide any information regarding her past or say what she was doing at the mall or anything like that. Strange. Now listen to this. A therapist at the hospital decided to administer sodium amytal, a.k.a. truth serum. What? Yeah, I swear to God. So they gave her what they call truth serum to see if she could recall details about her past. And surprisingly, the woman was able to say that she remembered some things. Oh my God. I'm shook. I know. Truth serum. It really is days of our lives again. Just like we said. Yeah. Oh my God. Some of these memories that she could remember included having three sisters and one brother, being a brownie scout when she was a kid. Her mother helped her with brownie scouts. Uh, She had a brother who was a few years younger than her and a couple other little random things that she could remember. But nothing in particular, nothing concrete or anything like that. The general hospital that ran the initial tests on the woman decided to transfer her to a mental health-oriented type of hospital. Um, So the woman was sent to another hospital in the Denver area where she stayed for four months under evaluation. Mm -hmm. A long time. Yep. And through all of her tests and evaluations, police are running reports to news and media outlets regarding the woman. Um, There were a few calls thinking that people knew her, but none of them were confirmed. She wasn't any of the people that were called in about. By September of 1985, four months after the mystery woman was found in the parking lot, police decided to officially close the case after months of them going to the public and researching and... Honestly, they just, like, weren't finding anything. And I don't blame them because a crime hadn't been committed or anything like that. They were honestly just yeah. helping. So, after four months, they were like, I'm sorry, but we just, we can, we're not finding anything. There's only so much they can do, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sadly, the mystery woman, woman was left with nothing but questions. And she they gave her 
I mean, they didn't really even give her new identity. She was still just kind of a Jane Doe at that point. So she changed her name to Jane D to kind of like Aww. have it be a little different. And she created a birthday for herself based on the doctor's assumption of her age. Hmm. So she just made her birthday January 1st, 1963. They gave her a new social security number and a new driver's license so she could move on with her life. Wow. And Jane D. starts a new life. She enrolls as an adult at the University of Denver. And the Seattle Times article claimed that that was the only university out of 30 that she applied to that would accept someone with amnesia and basically no money to their name. Aww. Well, I'm glad they did. That's sad. Yeah, she still deserves to be, like, educated. Right? Jane began to study Russian and history. Oh, get it, girl. Yep. Um, so she has history and Russian. She's also working part-time at a local fast food restaurant called Mustard's Last Stand. <laughs> Love it. That's cute. <laughs> when the owner of the restaurant asked Jane about her parents, she told them that her parents had passed away and she had no family living locally. So the owner was kind of like, that is strange. They seemed that she just didn't, they thought she just didn't want to talk about her past. It was kind of, you know, mysterious. Mm -hmm. While working at the fast food place, Jane also became close to a co-worker named John D. Which is funny because he was like, oh, we have the same last name. But as they got closer, Jane was honest with her friend and told him that she had amnesia and she didn't really know her last name. And as they became closer, John actually offered to help Jane investigate her past and see if she could find any family or, like, look at articles around. Oh, he's a nice man. Mm-hmm. But Jane said that she didn't want to and she just never really would, like, comment on her past or say more about it or say, yeah, I want to look. She honestly just didn't really want to or was maybe scared of looking into it. Hmm. Um, a year, I think a couple years after she had been living in Denver, Jane told her boss and coworkers that she was going to move to Alaska. So, as promised, Jane gets a job in Alaska and ended up moving there. Wow. That's um, cool. Yeah. As the years went on, Jane, she did keep in touch with her old boss from Mustards and gave updates through letters in the mail. And she talked about her new life in Sitka, Alaska. Uh, in 1989, Jane got a job working as a waitress at one of the largest hotels in Sitka. While working there, she met a fisherman who she ended up marrying in 1990. Oh, you know, fisherman is a big job in Alaska. Yeah. Jane and her husband moved into a trailer by a river and went on to have two sets of twin girls. So four children. Isn't That's that crazy? Two sets of twins. As she um she decided to start her own webpage and I read that she I read in some articles that she had a website called Miss Nikita's Parlor. Oh, that's a, so cute. A nod to when she studied Russian at Denver. Love that. I read in another article that she had one called Pongo Computer Works, and it was a web design company. So I think she had multiple websites, like, throughout her um, life in Alaska. But that was her job. And she obviously stayed at home with her children. 
Jane was a friendly person when she encountered people, but she didn't really have a lot of friends in the community. You know, she's not going to town events or anything like that. Um, Yeah, she basically just really stayed in the trailer with her children, worked on her websites, stayed with her husband, and mingled with her husband's friends and, you know, just a few close people. Mm -hmm. She did tell her husband and the people that she was close to that she had amnesia, and she couldn't remember the first 27 years of her life. Wow. But she... The same way with Denver was not forthcoming, didn't want to find information about it, and when people tried to pry, she just, like, would drop it and not really talk about it. So, Jane D. is just living her Alaskan life and loving it, honestly. Over ten years go by since the disappearance of Jody Roberts in Tacoma, Washington, and I believe an intern at the police force decided to um, go through cold case files and kick up dust around what was going on and he saw the Jody Roberts case and they thought when they looked back at the evidence that it was clearly a homicide case and so they decided to open it and treat it as if it was a homicide. As police began to put Jody's name and photograph back into media circulation and you know show the public that they're working on it again They received a phone call from a woman in Alaska who claimed that she used to work with Jody Roberts, but she was no longer going by that name or that identity. So they pretty quickly just, yeah, got a call and they're like, "Uh, I'm working with that woman in Alaska, or I used to work with her at the hotel. That's crazy. Yeah. So police looked into this tip and reached out to Jane D's former employer at the fast food restaurant. And the employer gave them the information they previously had for Jane D, including the social and her birthday. And at first police were like, okay, no, I don't think so because they searched the social and the birth date and it didn't match Jody Roberts. Yeah. So they were like, no. They gave her a new one. Yeah. They're like, no, but they they kept looking into it kind of because, like, the employer, I believe, thought that maybe she couldn't remember who she was. So, police were feeling more confident after, um, you know, kind of getting some confirmation. Like, yeah, she worked here and she moved to Alaska. So, feeling more confident in what's going on, police reach out to Jody Roberts' parents, who were still hopeful that their daughter would be alive after all of these years. Jody's father was shown a photograph of Jane D and her four daughters that Jane had posted. Um, I believe she posted it on Facebook or someone did, but of course, Jody's father confirmed that that photograph was definitely his daughter, even though she was last seen at age 27 and the photograph was of a 39 year old woman and a mother of four. Oh, I'm sure you know your own kid. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's, I can't imagine looking at it being like, wow. Right. And let me point out that when they gave the woman in the hospital the truth serum and she had said all those little things, like she was a brownie and she had three brothers and sisters, those things were true. There was a couple things about her that were wrong. Like, I don't remember. There was one or two things that she had told them that wasn't true, but it is crazy looking Hmm. back on it. The things that she's under truth serum, yeah, were (laughs) correct to be Jody Roberts facts. Wow, get it, truth serum. They need to use that on, like, 
murderers. I know. I'm like, I wonder if in pre- present day amnesia cases, if they ever use that. Because this was in 1985. Yeah. What happened to that? I don't know. The Roberts family, they were obviously ecstatic because their daughter is alive. And not only that, they're now grandparents to four granddaughters. Oh, that's great. The media went wild with this case, obviously, because it's 1997 and amnesia and things like that are taboo. But I mean, not only that, she was missing for 12 years. That's a long time. And they literally thought she got murdered. Yeah. And so... Friends started flying out to Alaska. It's a media storm. Um, Jody actually, friends or a neighbor gave reporters a note that Jody had just written on a piece of paper asking for her privacy because it's clear that she still didn't remember any Jody. Like she was still going by Jane and all of her friends and stuff, she wasn't recognizing them or anything. Yeah, what did they want her to say? Exactly. So, um, Jane's parents, Jody, decide to also go out to Alaska and finally meet their daughter. She's still going by Jane, so I'm just going to keep calling her that because she didn't remember anything about Jody. Um, but as soon as she was found, she really hid from the media from day one. And she didn't want it to be like this huge national story. She just wanted to get to know her family and learn about the first 27 years of her life that she doesn't remember. Yeah. Um, so all of this comes out in 1997. The Roberts family is overjoyed. But people do, of course, believe that was she making this up because, you know, a co-worker had, a co-worker who had worked with Jody for two years at the Tacoma News Tribune, he said that he honestly believed that Jody wanted to escape Washington and just begin a new life. He had told police that Jody told him she gave her cats to the Humane Society and commented on wanting to get away. Which is odd because I read that in that article, but then in the Olympian article they said that the cat was found outside. Yeah, exactly. So So I don't know. Maybe she was just blowing off steam and just saying, like, I want to get away and this and that. I mean, or she's just, like, showing early signs of, like, some sort of episode of amnesia. It's funny that you say that because there was also a friend who told police that in their, like, reinvestigation... That Jody had been having blackout spouts in the weeks leading up to her disappearance in 1985. I'm not surprised. It seems like that's kind of how it starts. Mm-hmm. And typically, there were reporters and psychologists who didn't believe it. And obviously, they didn't think it was possible for amnesia to last 12 years and never show any signs of recovery or, like, ever being able to remember things. Yeah. But, again, this is in 1997, so we don't... There wasn't a lot known about amnesia and memory loss and fugue states and dissociative fugue and things like that. Yeah. Even now, there's not that much information, honestly. But, at the time, there were many who didn't believe it was possible. But there were psychologists and doctors who did believe it was possible. And... Similar to the Hannah Up story, they thought that it had to be some traumatizing event that happened and caused it, and that she just doesn't remember, and maybe it's her brain trying to, like, push away that traumatizing event, and so she just totally 
forgot who she was. That's what I think. Um, so yeah, some people did say maybe it was a dissociative fugue state that just lasted very, very long. Friends of Jody's in both Denver and Alaska back up Jane, back up Jane's claims and say 100% they believe her and they believe it because they maintain that for as long as they knew Jane, she had always, always said that she had amnesia and she never really wanted to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I agree too. Yeah. So they're like, whether she was scared to look back into her past or whether she was happy with her life being Jane D, she always said she had amnesia. She just didn't look back into her past and try and figure it out. So Yeah, why would you even, like, say that if you just wanted to run? Like, in 1980-something, no one's really going to find you. So it's like, you could, and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Like, you could just say, yeah, I'm leaving my past behind me. You wouldn't have to say, I have amnesia. And go to, like, be given truth serum. Yeah, seriously. In four months in a hospital. Yeah, that's a long time. Either way, in the months that followed um, Jody Roberts' reappearance, reporters and journalists are flooding into Alaska. It's being reported that Jody has signed a book deal in New York, signed with agencies in L.A. to begin working on writing a novel and movie adaptations and everything. So it kind of for a minute, it's like, okay, is she going to cash out on this? But then, when you think things can't get any stranger, she disappears once again. What? But many articles like to say she disappeared. She still, no one knows where she is now and she's still gone. But the Olympian article that I found was written in 2017 and they said that they got into contact with Jody Roberts and her family in 2017. Um, it is kind of crazy because Jody Roberts or Jane now she still goes by Jane. Jane would not speak to any articles, any reports. It's a family member who gave the Olympian all their information, and they remain anonymous. But the Olympian reported that a family member said that Jane is now 59. She moved back to Oregon. Um, she now lives with her mother, who is older and takes care of her mother. She lives basically a reclusive lifestyle, staying indoors, and, um, you know, she's not really social or anything. She did divorce her husband and leave him in Alaska, hmm. I believe, shortly after everything came out about who she was. Yeah. Um, I believe the split was amicable and Jane still does remain close with her daughters. I think one of them is actually living with her in Oregon, but her family says that Jane is very happy and, um, she is just living a low key life in Oregon with her mother. Um, and also they... In that Olympian article, they noted that experts in amnesia cases now say it is entirely possible for a 12-year spell to occur or to completely forget what happened. To this day, Jane and the Roberts family fully believe that she just had amnesia, but it still is crazy because no one has any information regarding those five days, how she got from Tacoma to Colorado. Yeah, that's How did crazy. you get from Tacoma to Denver? That's pretty crazy. How so, does someone not remember helping right. her? 
So a lot of people like to have this case be similar to the Hannah Up case and say she disappeared again from Alaska and no one ever spoke to her again, but she just clearly didn't want to... I totally think she just doesn't want to be in this. Exactly. The lights. And to anyone saying she's faking it, she dropped a book and a movie deal. Like, she dropped being basically a huge Hollywood star in movies and things like this. And just because she didn't want to be famous, so... Yeah, that ain't happened. I clearly don't think any of these people in these cases that Jackie and I both talked about, like, made this up. Me either. This one was a little strange that she, like, emptied out her bank accounts in the days that are following, but still, maybe it's, like, the built of stress, the continued stress that's happening that's causing these fugue states to occur. I agree. I don't know. That's crazy, but at least she's kind of living a more, a better life now. Yeah. Who knows? At least this one had closure and it didn't happen again. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm glad this one had some closure. It's just crazy that she never actually remembered anything. Yeah. Like, that one is crazy that she never came back. She just lived as Jane. That is crazy. But at least that one had closure. I had to pick one that had an ending. Thank that was you. Like, <laughs> Thank sorry. you for that. No offense to yours, but I no. was like, I need to give me an answer. Yeah. Well... That was a great episode, and thank Thank you, you. everybody, for listening. Let us know if you guys like these stories, if you've ever heard of someone getting amnesia, if you've heard of these cases or anything like that. Let us know. I thought these were kind of fun. And we will start off spooky season in October, coming up next time. Yes, we will. Thanks for listening. We love you. Bye. Bye. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at ew, that's creepy podcast, or send us an email at ew, that's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.